Assalamu alaikum, may peace be upon you. It's fantastic to be able to be here today presenting the Drive Time Show on Friday between six, between four and six o'clock. Uh, myself, Hanif, and with Dania. Dania, welcome. It's great to be with you here today. Likewise, bro. Absolutely. Um, great to be here and uh, great to be talking about what we are going to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I know. It's, it, it's, it's something that, f- for me personally, it's an honour to be mm. able to spend two Likewise. hours talking about our beloved Queen Elizabeth mm. II. And we'll get into a lot of detail. We've got so much content to get through and talk. We've got some wonderful guests today as well. And if anybody is interested or is touched by what we say, wants to get involved, you know the, you know the score, you know how it is. You can give us a call on 0208. 687-7878 or the usual ways get in touch with us through uh, the social media and our handle is always at Voice of Islam UK so do that and on Instagram we're asking the question as well how will you remember Queen Elizabeth II who has passed away, died yesterday so we'll share those um, with you and uh, we'll make it as much as interactive as much as we can today. So for the next two hours, we are going to be talking about in, or celebrating the wonderful achievements mm. and everything that Queen Elizabeth II stood for. And we all know, and everyone knows, all over the world, Danielle, don't know, that she effectively was the queen of the world. She was the longest reign monarch, and we have had a massive relationship with her we may not have met her and i don't know daniel have you did you ever have the opportunity no to be I, close I, to? I didn't but what you just said reminded me of something it, it reminded me of uh, what princess diana once said uh, when asked yep. what would you like to be would you know would you like to be a, the queen and she responded by saying that i'd like to be the queen of people's hearts and i think this is exactly what uh, queen elizabeth ii was she was she lived in people's hearts and she lived in lived in people's oh. hearts all over commonwealth and perhaps even beyond that i mean i was speaking to many of my friends and colleagues and family members who were saying why why do we feel so sad because hmm. you you have better you don't know but actually she's been for me my whole of my life I haven't known mm. any other monarch or mm. any other queen. She's always been there through all of the good times, bad times, the most challenging times our country have had. Obviously, monarch is not into politics in any way, but you know she's there. Her queen's speech every year and during the pandemic, how she was so magnificent in her ability to be able to translate her feelings to the nation when we were looking for leadership. And it was so important. Well. There were many messages there as well, and there was also a statement that was given out by our beloved leader, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, who is the head of the worldwide Muslim community. And Daniel, if you're happy, you know, if you just say that Arabic also. Absolutely. So the worldwide head of the Ahmadi Muslim community, His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, uh, uh, has said the following. The death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II is a truly great loss for the United Kingdom and Commonwealth. Ahmadi Muslims will remain forever grateful for the way Her Majesty served her people with immense dignity, grace and unwavering dedication throughout her long reign. On behalf of the worldwide Ahmadiyya Muslim community, I wish to express our most sincere condolences to 
to His Majesty King Charles III, the members of the royal family, and to the nation, may God Almighty grant them all the patience and strength to deal with this tremendous yeah. loss. I mean, these words resonate with all Ahmadi Muslims, don't Absolutely, they? Absolutely. And there's yeah. a reason why that is. It's because our founder of our community also had a love for Queen Victoria as mm. well, for many reasons, which we'll, we'll get into, into into more detail as, as we move forward. But Islam talks about leadership and how it is rooted in our beliefs. And actually, this belief of this leadership comes through the willingness to submit to the Creator. Mm. And she was a God-fearing person she in was. herself as well. Mm. She was um, come from a very religious background, mm. and she had all those traits. I mean, in, in the Holy Quran, it, it does state that in chapter 21, verse 74, it says, and we've made them leaders who guided people, our command, and we sent revelations to them, enjoying the doing of good works and the observing of prayer and the giving of alms. And they were worshippers of us alone. And that was in chapter 24, verse 74. That alone, I mean, when you look at all the good work that she did, this, this monarch from worldwide leaders to every situation that took place, how she showed true leadership. And and we'll go through all of those in, mm. in detail. But when you look at her fight she did in the background for equality and how she tried her hardest to make South Africa become mm. a member of the Commonwealth, all those things were working in the background. And that's just one simple example. I, I mean, just to add to that, yeah. if I, I just think about how, what a tumultuous period of change these last 70, 75 years have been. Mm. And and there she was, you know, such a big constant in our lives. Uh, 15 prime ministers in 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 the UK and 14 presidents of United States you know that's that's the extent of it yeah. that shows you you know what a what a constant she was and what what a factor of stability she was in the spirit of uh, of huge change yeah I mean she brought an extraordinary legacy uh, didn't she and we can go through quite a number of those I mean one of the first one that comes to our mind is that Queen Elizabeth II carried on the legacy of her mother, Queen Empress Victoria, who brought religious freedom to India, and which many of its inhabitants had not really experienced for many centuries. So if you look at the centuries in India and how people were having to follow a way of life without actually being able to express themselves, especially their own faith and being able to live in a secular society, but Queen Empress Victoria, she brought that religious freedom and Queen Elizabeth carried it on. Absolutely. And and that brought a huge deal of prayers. I mean, that this is something that the founder of our community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Qadiyan, has actually praised a lot uh, about the British rule uh, because of the freedom uh, of religion, that uh, freedom of practice of religion that, uh, that that rule actually entailed. And when you talk about this freedom of speech, our founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mazoghulam Ahmed of Qadian, who obviously was in India at that time mm. as well. It was excellent for him because under 
that rule, he was able to be free to speak, he could write, he could publicize his message through every medium available. Imagine if he was able to do that today with everything that's to mm. our, uh, you know, our uh, hands. Absolutely, and and we 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 think that we the society has actually progressed um, uh, when actually uh, you know you make a very uh, poignant uh, poignant point there. So um, and and because of that, the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, actually said a great portion of the beneficence of the Empress of India that is Queen Victoria, is that during her reign, every person has gained a large opportunity for spiritual advancement. This is something he wrote in the gift uh, for the Queen. Yeah, and, and that's uh, something that we will always uh, carry on and we celebrated again in the Platinum Jubilee and we reiterated that. I mean, Daniel, we've had so many messages that have mm. come through mm. and when we were going to plan this show today and in celebration of her greatness and her her reign we've had some messages that have come in so throughout the show we're going to play some and i'd like to play one now from someone who's who has actually sent in a message so I'll, i'll do that right now right when i first heard about the passing of the queen i was very upset and so was my whole family we were all just talking about how she became queen even before my parents were born and now my parents are grandparents themselves. So she was always a part of our life. She was always known as the queen to us and it's going to be difficult for our society to accept that she is no longer there. I pray to Allah that Allah grants patience to her family to bear this loss. Amin. Assalamu alaikum. The passing of the Queen yesterday will be one of those where were you when you found out moments. I'm not really sure what I should be feeling, but she was the head of state of our country and we have not known any other monarch and so we will miss her for sure. I think her quiet determination and dedication to fulfil her duties over the many years of her reign and the graceful demeanour in which she carried these out in our ever-changing modern world will be qualities that she will be remembered for in years to come. We would always tune in to her live broadcasts. We loved watching her at the 2012 Olympics with James Bond and this year with Paddington Bear. I even went to the Jubilee parades when they were celebrated in London. It is a sad day for us and the nation because not only was she queen but we could relate to her as she was clearly a very family orientated person and reminded me very much of our grandmothers god save the king true spoken words there by some of our listeners and passionate followers of voice of islam and drive time to send in some messages there we'll we'll keep playing a few more throughout the show um Danielle, there was, um, you know, you mentioned about the book and and how the promised Messiah, he wrote extensively to express his gratitude to Queen Victoria. And there's something that we can summarize in his own words. And he says as follows, a great portion of the beneficence of the Empress of India is that during her reign, every person has gained a large opportunity for spiritual achievement. And the the founder of our community, Hazrat Ghulam Ahmed, and like you mentioned earlier, a gift for the Queen of Islam. I mean, just wanted to go over that a little bit more. What does that actually mean then? So, so for us to be able to express ourselves and to be able to gain more spiritual Uh, does that mean that the country itself became much more open to new ideas and become spiritually cleansed? I think 
I think it just means the, that everybody has the, the liberty to be able to express their faith in the manner that they, that they need to. And that, I think, is, is at the heart of um, Islamic teaching. That is at the heart of modern Western values. And, and, and that, you know, we are yeah. body, mind and soul at the end of the day. So uh, w- without spiritual advancement, we, uh, one, is, one is devoid of the, the full potential one can realize. Yeah. I mean, when the Queen Victoria passed away in January 1901, the Ahmadiyya Press paid its tribute to her by publishing her biography and reminding the readers of how benevolent her reign had been. And... Uh, A memorial service was attended at the residence of Hazrat Nawab Muhammad Ali Khan Sahib on Friday the 25th in Milar Kotla where the great service of the Empress were remembered and prayers were offered for her. So that's just the the relationship that we've always had with the monarch. And I was trying to wonder why growing up we were going to the silver jubilee then the diamond jubilee and then the golden jubilee and then we've just celebrated her uh platinum platinum jubilee Mm. but i I, you know i asked you earlier have you ever met the queen i mean i was very fortunate many many years ago 2016 um to i bet you was dying to mention that right yeah yeah, i was 100 (laughs) percent. but actually but i didn't actually meet her i was doing my job so uh we were there as uh on camera Right. And she came for the Silver Jubilee, I think it was in 2016, to uh, plant a tree. Where and, was this? Um, I'm trying to remember. It's so long away, uh, but it was somewhere in one of her homes. Okay. Right? And so the thing that really impressed me was that they, when they handed her the shovel to be able to dig, yeah. it was a wooden shovel. Hmm. I thought, well, obviously, that makes a lot of sense for right. someone who at that age right. probably needs a bit of help. But everything was taken care of. Everything was looked after. She was loved by so many people. And the people that were around her just wanted to wish her Mm. well, Mm. wellness. Of course. And this is why I think the today, not only the United Kingdom is is feeling it, I think the whole of the world. And we've had, we'll read out some later, we've got some messages from world leaders all all across the world that um, have, have said such wonderful things. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, you talked about the memorial service that was arranged at the resident of, uh, residence of Hazrat Nawab Muhammad Ali Khan Sahib. Yeah. Um, after two other addresses, uh, Hazrat Nawab Muhammad uh, Ali Khan delivered an address where he referred to the gratitude that Hazrat Ahmed, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, salam, had all along expressed the, for the great queen. One incident in particular was pointed out to him or by him. And he said, a title invested on the British monarch is a defender of faith for being the head of the Church of England. But in the reign of Queen Victoria, religious tolerance and impartiality progressed to such a point that a Jewish person was given the position of Secretary of State. This shows how unbiased the Queen was. So this was um, uh, published by Al Hakam uh, on the twenty fourth of February, yeah. nineteen o one, and this shows, yeah, the openness of uh, of the society that she created. Yeah, and it's great for us to be able to. When you mentioned about states, we have a politician with yeah. us today joining us. We, we're great to have Charles Fraser Fleming, who's uh, an engineer and a councillor for twenty seven years, and it would be excellent to be able to 
Listen to what he has to say and how he's remembered. Charles, uh, welcome to the Drive Time Show and thank you very much uh, for joining us today. No, thank you for inviting me. Uh, you're, you're most welcome. I, I do want to just ask you, yesterday look, the country received this tragic news, didn't it, of Her Majesty dying and we've had such events which are similar to this historical event that's impacted the country. How, how is the mood where you are? Well, in, in uh, Hampshire, where I live, um, the mood's like the rest of the country, to be absolutely honest, and the rest of the world in many in many respects. Um, people are sad. People are contemplating and uh, reviewing and thinking about the great things that she achieved in her life, you know, both locally, nationally, and internationally. Um, she was uh, a very reliable, steady um individual you know a, a lady a, a mother you know she played all those different roles in her life um but to the general public she was you know head of state yeah and um she just brought so much um understanding and um wisdom uh, to all the debates that took place so yes charles you've been um, a gangster for 27 years yeah what did the queen mean to you well, she meant a lot to me. I mean, I've always been keen on the war family. Um, I had, I used to go to um, events at Smith's Lawn, which we might come to later, um, polo and so forth. Um, so, yeah, I, t- I took a deep interest. I mean, I was very, very fond of the Duke of Edinburgh, um, read about his biographies, attended um, events in, uh, in London at the um, Windsor Castle, um, watched him go around in his carriages, and his loss not that long ago now, sadly. Um, was also a, a major impact, but yes, I, you know, I, I went to garden party um, at Buckingham Palace and watched her. So I've seen her quite a few times, um, but not on a on a one to one basis. She's never invited me to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about a few things there, Charles. What do you mind is her legacy? Oh, I, I, I think it's just um, the ability to bring people together, the ability mm-hmm. to. Um, fill people's hearts with joy and happiness and and um confidence for the future i mean it's 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 all positive stuff you know whilst things in the royal family like any family um, over the years and it's a long time mm. um you know they have their ups and downs things happen they're all individuals mm. um but she's managed you know with with the support of the rest of her family um prince charles in particular now obviously um, you yeah, know, King, King Charles. King, King Charles. Charles yes. Sorry, yeah, King King Charles III. Apologies. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't need to apologise. It's going to be difficult for many people because we so <laughs> yeah. easily just rolls off the tongue. But you know, he's now stepping into the role. Um, but you mentioned about polo, right? Mm. Um, tell us about the love that the Queen had with polo when she used to watch her son play. Yes, yes. I mean, this goes back a long time. Um, again, the Duke of Edinburgh, mm. <laughs> the father of the family. I mean, he was a great polo player, as was his um, grandfather, I think, if I get all the names right, Mountbatten. And um, so, obviously, Charles took it up as a sport, as a, a young man. And I used to go to Smith's Lawn at Windsor um, in a, a, an afternoon, a Thursday afternoon, a Wednesday afternoon, uh, when it was really quiet. She would drive down from Windsor Castle in a Land Rover, pull up at her, sh- her chalet, if you can call it that stand that she had um, for her guests and so forth, and, and watch the game. And Prince Charles would be out there, you know, in the chuckers, hitting the ball about. And yeah. one of the interesting things about that, one of the interesting memories about that, if I may, was that he would say, 
or sorry, his companions, colleagues on, on in the team, would shout at him for the ball, but they would always end up by saying, sir. So every time they asked okay. him for something in the heat of a game, they would end up saying, sir. So it was that level of protocol, if you like, mm. you know, which even extended from the war family all the way down onto the ground. And then she would, when the game was over, uh, the last chucker, she would, uh, the team would go to her, the winning team, and she would issue them with medals and one thing and another. And mm. there was always the bottle of pop and that mm. would be bursts open and so forth and photographs taken. And I've got some photographs of Prince Charles popping a, uh, a bottle of champagne open. Yeah. Um, but that was in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously uh, she hasn't been going there recently um, yeah. for all these reasons, age and so forth. So, But it's a, it's a fantastic memory. I did yeah. it for many years, yeah. Sounds wonderful. And, you know, how, how do you feel now that she's died? Well, I'm, I'm truly... <laughs> sad yeah. I, uh, you know it's it's um nobody wishes to see anybody pass away you know i mm. mean the royal family my condolences on behalf of, of the people within my area mm. of hampshire which is primarily um uh, a community that i'm involved in is heritage related you know buildings and things of that yes. nature um, and they've supported you know she supported those those charities prince charles has supported those charities and i've had letters from him in the past on various things so i'm 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 yeah i'm probably like the majority of the population and heartbroken really to yeah. see you know this change that's now taking place yeah. yeah i mean that's why when we started talking about this subject both myself and danielle you know we wanted to make this a bit of a celebration to mm. to understand and actually share with our listeners the greatness what she's done we've got loads of stuff we want to share and look, just want to say thank you very much uh, for your time joining us today and it, it, it's a pleasure and yeah. uh, and that story you've shared with us will, will be excellent. And actually, oh, you yeah. can go to that park, can't you? It's still open. It's open to the public. Oh, yes, the park, still, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still play polo there. It's yeah. huge, absolutely huge. It's about five five different grounds, I think. Yeah. Polo fields within it. Yeah. No, it's a lovely, lovely venue. Yeah. Absolutely. No, the brilliant family. Thank you for you know taking the time out to do this broadcast. It's, it's absolutely superb. It is our pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So that was Charles Fraser Fleming, um, who is an engineer and counsel for 27 years in Hampshire, talking to us earlier and uh, shared uh, with us um, his thoughts on the demise of uh, of the Queen. Right. So um, when you look at that half a century, right, there's, it, there's a half a century. The Queen Elizabeth II right. sat on the throne in her reign and the world saw not only you mentioned earlier the persons of Jewish faith but Muslims also and Hindus and Sikhs all being appointed to secretaries mm. of state or even other important officials and I hope that that will carry on because she was so passionate Sorry. about equality and the diversity because we all know what makes Britain great Absolutely. It's, it's, it's its culture and diversity absolutely it's the, it's, it's the strength that uh, Britain draws from Commonwealth which is really all these different nationalities and, and I think we've, 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 we're seeing that we're witnessing that I mean uh, only recently we've had a, a person of Indian descent who, who was um, you know fighting for the top slot uh, in the country yeah, that's the, right. the, the top office in the country so you know that in itself speaks for um, yeah. uh, for the diversity that uh, we celebrate here and you may love her or hate her we had Priti Patel who was a home secretary mm. as well from yeah. an Indian descent so it, it's all there and we've had Sajid Javid as well so you're Correct. right it's a very good point you make there but, uh, but her, her Majesty's reign has been 
massive, isn't it? It's, it's big. Absolutely. And I'm, so upon reaching um, her platinum jubilee earlier this year, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, she became the longest reigning monarch in British history. Her reign was filled with many achievements, that were both personal successes and contributed to the nation as a whole. It is easy to forget that she wasn't supposed to have become queen at all. Um, something that uh, probably a lot of people still don't realize. So born in 1926, Elizabeth was the daughter of King George V. Um, King George V's second son and therefore was, therefore was not expected to ascend the throne. That is, her father was not expected to ascend the throne. The abdication crisis of 1936, where her uncle, King Edward VIII, chose to abdicate in order to marry the American divorcee Wallace Simpson, led to her suddenly being determined to be heir to the crown after her father, King George VI. In her 21st birthday speech broadcast from South Africa in 1947, she proclaimed, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of a great imperial family to which we all belong. Yeah, great words and a lot of thought, emotion and look after what she said there for 70 years was amazing. And when you talk about the international aspect of her reign as well. We've had so many hundreds and hundreds of messages that have come from all great leaders. I mean, US President Joe Biden, when he said when he met her for the first time 40 years ago and he mm. described her as more than a monarch, she defined an era. And remembering his visit to the UK in 2021 as president, Mr Biden said that he charmed us with her wit moved us with her kindness and her generously shared with us her wisdom. And I'd also add, everyone talks about her smile, <laughs> that smile that, that she has. Um, so what we do, we read out some more. And what I wanted to do was to bring in our next guest, Vicky, Vicky Piggott, who is a retired NHS nurse, ward sister, and a health sister. So Vicky, w welcome to the Drive Time Show. And Thank you very much for joining us on this day. And actually, we're calling it a celebration, really. Yes, thank you for um, inviting me today. You're, you're, you're um, most welcome. And, and uh, I, I just wanted to, we've got a number of questions for you, but uh -huh. how do you think people outside of the United Kingdom view the monarchy, especially the Queen? I think worldwide she's very highly thought of. Um, I know I come from a mixed race background and um, I actually, um, my uncle actually met the Queen many years ago because she was a dental surgeon and he was the one that was allocated in Jamaica to look after her in case she needed it. Okay. And um, she was given great reference and he said that after meeting her that she had time and she was gracious to all, whatever background they came from or whatever culture. Um, and, um, you know, to this day, the picture of him and the Queen is still in the home. So she is, I think she is thought of as always gracious, great dignity, steadfastness. And she's always been there. She was born, I'm sure that she was 
entered the throne on the year I was born. So I can remember her going back. She's been there all my life. Wiki, what in your eyes did she signify? Steadfastness, um, reliability in a very changing world, um, uh, and some kind of integrity. You know, there are. Uh, she was always there in all kinds of ups and downs, including the Second World War. Um, she was always present, and she always made herself known. And um, this is what is very, very important. She held her head up high, and um, she was, as I say, she was always gracious and welcoming to whatever country um, mm. she visited. She was always open to everybody. I mean, this is a, a, a bit of a question I'm going to push you on, and I do want to ask you, mm -hmm. because, you know, why do you think that so many people who are anti-royalist still have great love and respect for the Queen? Hmm. Um, it's very difficult. I feel that there hasn't been any, um, how do you say, bad news. There hasn't mm. been any mm. um, bad rumours about the Queen ever since, yeah. you know, since she's a child. There's never been anything like that. Yeah, no scandals, nothing, nothing of sort. Yeah, and I think people look up to that, uh, considering mm. there's many leaders in the world that we have heard of not so very positive reports. She's always stood out, hasn't she, uh, amongst politicians and uh, royalty throughout the world. I think the the biggest connection that people had was during lockdown, and then when mm. Prince Philip passed away, and then she was on her own and showing true leadership, and how to follow the rules despite all of the pain and anguish she had. And I think at that moment, everybody who knew of the Queen and knew about the mm -hmm. Queen connected with her so strongly because we were all going through that pain. Yes, I totally agree. But I also like to put on a lighter side. Yes. Um, I don't know if you all remember the Olympics, which was held oh, here. Yes. Yeah. And uh, she was known for her sense of humour. <laughs> and I think everyone remembers the 07 parachuting down with Daniel Craig. And that was broadcast all over that everybody took part, and that was kept a secret, but I think I finally even knew. So, I mean, it's not just that. She had a great sense of wit and humour as well. Um, and I think she wanted to join in. So, so I think that. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, very, you know, it's, she was a very unique individual in that respect that she embodied so many characteristics, so many different traits. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, her, that she was full of life. She also had an impeccable reputation throughout her reign, her sense mm -hmm. of duty, her integrity. I mean, the, these are all uh, amazing le leadership traits and something that I think the whole world leads right and needs right now. Yes, I would, um, I would think so. I think it's, it's a great loss. There's mm. uh, no doubt about that, and I think people, whatever walk of life, whatever age there are, I've uh, feel this because yeah. she's no longer there. And you know, she was there. We would see her on the TV. 
years ago, you would see how um, you'd have God Save the Queen after every film that was shown in the cinema. So yep. she's always been very present. Yeah, I mean, I, I said it earlier. I mean, my whole life, I haven't known any other monarch at all. Um, and it's always been Queen Elizabeth uh, II, and I hope King Charles will also follow through as well. Look, Vicky, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate you spending some time in, and just sh- telling us about your feelings and and contributing mm-hmm. to this live show today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're most Great welcome. Moment. Thank you. You're most welcome. So that was uh, Vicky. Piggott, who is a retired NHS nurse and ward sister and a health sister as well. You know, if if what we're talking about, you want to take, you know, make a contribution, by all means, do that through social media and Voice of Islam UK. You can always call us on 0208-687-7878. So just before we kind of talk to our next guest and, and, and progress her reign, Twitter to share some more messages that hmm. have come through sure. from our listeners around the world who wanted to share their thoughts. So I'm just going to play a couple now. I'm saddened by the passing of the Queen. She was dedicated and a long-standing monarch and truly symbolised the British culture. The whole world will feel the loss of such a good human being and she will be dearly missed. May Allah grant her soul peace. I feel quite sad by the sudden death of the Queen. She was an inspirational lady. She was graceful. She was beautiful. She was dedicated um, to her duties. Um, She also had a wonderful sense of humour as we witnessed during the Olympic opening ceremony and the Jubilee celebrations. Um, Our thoughts and prayers are with King Charles. Uh, and his family at this moment and I hope that he will follow in his mother's footsteps and be a unifying figure for the country. Yes, let's hope so and I'm sure he will. Daniel, Charles, sorry, King Charles yes. has always been one of those individuals that has been mm. quite outspoken. Right? Absolutely, yeah. And he, I mean, he's been a champion for the environment. But he will have his own reign. But you were talking a lot about uh, Queen Elizabeth's reign. Yes, I want to. I want to spend a few minutes, yeah. uh, if that's okay, uh, looking back at uh, at Queen Elizabeth's life, and 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 you know we talked about celebrating her life. So, so it's her coronation coronation took place on the second of June, nineteen fifty three, at Westminster Abbey in London, and during the service, Elizabeth took an oath was anointed with holy oil, was invested with robes and regalia, and was crowned Queen of the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, as well as um, uh, Ceylon, which is now Sri Lanka. So celebrations took place across the Commonwealth realms and commemorative medal was issued. It has been the only British coronation to be fully televised, the first ever, the um, and, and the only ever. Elizabeth's was the fourth and last British coronation of the 20th century. The Queen visited West Germany uh, in an official state visit in 1965, making her the first British royal to visit the country since 1913. That's before the First World War. Her visit marked the the 20-year anniversary of the end of the Second World War, helping 
to symbolize the reconciliation between the two countries and recognize Germany's re-emergence as a power in Europe and on the world stage. I, I think, you know, when you just read it out and you say her visit 20 years after the Second World War, there are not many people in the world that could have done that visit mm. and helped Germany to harmonize the way they were, where they went through, to bring them back in the fold. Now, I would imagine if she was still around, mm. she'll be the only one who can negotiate probably with Putin. <laughs> because <laughs> who else would reason? Who else would be able to reason with someone? Who, who else would be respected? Yeah, by both sides. Yeah, uh, and, and and be capable of uh, of doing that. Yeah, she, she, you know, she commanded immense respect. I think. Um, all over the world. I, I still remember, you know, um, and I'm sure a lot of our mm. uh, listeners do as well, the visit uh, which was organized by none other than uh, President uh, or ex-President Donald Trump, uh, just because he wanted to meet the Queen and he wanted to um, uh, to be a state guest. Yeah, um, I- I- exactly right. So the, the roles that she did, and also when you mentioned um, about her visit to West Germany, but she also didn't she establish hmm. of the Commonwealth nations? So in her address to Canada on Dominion Day in 1959, she pointed out that the Confederation of Canada on 1st July 1867 had been the birth of the first independent country within the British Empire. And then she declared, so it also marks the beginning of that free association of independent states, which is now known as the Commonwealth of Nations. Originally a group of eight countries, including Britain and the former colonies, the Commonwealth currently currently has 56 member states. And the Commonwealth has helped in the educational department development of students from across the world. Every year, scholarships are awarded to students from member countries to go and study in renowned universities in in many developed member nations like Britain, Canada, and Australia. More recently, scholarships are awarded by the Indian government for students from other member states to pursue further studies in diverse fields. In a way, it, it, this has promoted a lot of cooperation among various professionals within Commonwealth has um, allowed many Commonwealth countries to share um, uh, their development goals, share ideas, share best practices. Um, The lawyers have cooperated at the level of the Commonwealth. Yeah, that's right, Danielle. We have our next guest on the show, Professor Frank Mort from the University of Manchester. And Professor, I wanted to ask you first of all, what do you think will be Her Majesty the Queen's legacy? I think it will be a mixture of tradition and innovation and that those things are very closely intertwined and have been throughout Queen Elizabeth II's reign. Let me explain a little bit what I mean. Uh, Actually, the reign has seen some amazing changes uh, in terms of the way Britain was and the Commonwealth was and the world was in 1952-53 and it is today talk about winds of change, which is the phrase that Harold Macmillan coined in the 1950s. Um, And the Queen was very skillful at balancing those changes alongside a commitment to the more traditional forms of the monarchy, the pomp, the ceremony, the respect, the admiration. So I think that is her legacy uh, in large part. Hmm. The... um 
As the longest serving monarch, um, you mentioned all the changes. How do you think mm. monarchy has changed during her reign? Well, I think it has become more informal. It has mm. become more accessible. It's become more populist, you might say. But those changes have been going on for some time and throughout the 20th century. So you could say that her grandfather, King George V, started much of that in the early 20th century, recognizing the importance of mass society. So King George goes to the cup final for the first time in 1914. He does the Christmas broadcasts in the late 20s and 1930s. The Queen um, uh, admits the cameras into Buckingham Palace mm. and for the coronation. Um, she goes walkabout in, in the early 1970s in New Zealand. And I think she had very, very finely tuned antennae in terms of public opinion in this country. Would you say that she had the pulse of the nation? Oh, could you repeat, please? Would, would you say that she had the pulse of the nation? The, the what of the nation? The pulse. The, that she, she knew exactly what people wanted. She, yes, she, the pulse, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think generally she did. Um, you could say that she represented a certain type of um, uh, Middle England in some ways, but she was very attuned to um, countries within the Commonwealth. You might say that the, the, the only time that she misjudged, and it was for a short period, hmm. was after Diana's death. Hmm. Um, but she quickly recognized the public feeling and the emotion that Diana and her death had produced, and so she came down to Buckingham Palace from Balmoral, and we saw her in the streets with the crowds looking at the flowers and so forth. Would you say that she's left monarchy in a stronger position? Undoubtedly, I would say, um, at the moment. Um, if you look at opinion polls mm. about her popularity across the 70 years, she never fell below majority support. There were some rumblings in the 1960s mm. um, when she was slightly out of tune with, if you like, uh, some of the changes in popular culture. But she did. She didn't. She rode those changes quite effectively. And I think over the last 20 years, since the Golden Jubilee, uh, her popularity has been very secure. Yeah. Uh, do you think largely her popularity has been reasonably very good and it's increased because of, of her travels? I mean, she was someone who visited many countries during her reign, especially in the Commonwealth. I mean, how do you think mm. that had an impact on the world view of Queen Elizabeth II? Um, I mean, Queen Elizabeth II was in the spotlight of the world's media from at least the young age of 10, mm. when she became her father's heiress presumptive in 1936, yeah. after the abdication, and her picture traveled across the world. Mm. And she did her first foreign tour with her parents and sister as Princess Elizabeth to South Africa in 1947. She undertook innumerable state visits um, throughout her reign, 
but as you rightly say, her enduring passion uh, was for the Commonwealth. Yeah. Now, there has been recent criticism of the Commonwealth, particularly from Caribbean and African countries yeah. where she remained head of state, as does the new king. You might say that one of the most pressing issues in the new king's entry is precisely how to negotiate the Commonwealth, yeah. maybe in a different form, um, what is his relationship going to be? It looks pretty clear he, he is, as King Charles, going to be head of the Commonwealth. Yeah. What to do about some of those criticisms about imperialism and racism, which have been picked up recently. And talking about King Charles, we have always known that he's very open and voices his opinion. And he was way ahead of the curve when it came to climate change and the impacts on the environment. Do you think, as King Charles, he will be able to hold back and not get involved in those conversations? I think with King Charles III, we will say, see a different style of sovereign, to be mm. sure. I mean, he is of a different generation. Um, he's, a post, he's of the post-war generation. He's touched by many of what we call as historians the new social movements of the 1960s and 1970s, particularly environmentalism and the urban environment. So I think he may um, continue in perhaps a quieter way with some of his concerns. I don't think there will be a great change however, in the, in the substance of monarchy. Yeah. And I think one of the Queen's um, comments when she ascended the throne in 1952 was often, what would my father have done? And I can imagine uh, King Charles repeating that to yeah. his staff uh, over the next few months as he negotiates the new role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... And, yeah, and, and I think that's a really valid point there. I mean, just before I let you go, Professor, yes. uh, how, how would you remember the Queen? Uh, well, I've got particular personal memories because I, what, what I was called what was a coronation baby. I was born five days before uh, the Queen was crowned in June 1953, yeah. and all of the children in the maternity ward, uh, my mother tells me, were given a mug, a silver spoon, uh, a piece of uh, Union Jack ribbon, mm. and some uh, coins. So that kind of stayed with me, um, if you like, um, across my younger life. I would say whether you're a rep royalist or a republican, a radical or conservative, I think there is a great emotional void that's opened up for us all, which will be difficult to fill. Yeah, I, I understand that, and I think your comments there will will be very similar to the hundreds and thousands, if not millions, of people around the world mm. trying to fill a void. But you know, let, let, let's see how how it all pans out. But hopefully, we will be able to do some justice to this conversation. And thanks for your input, Professor. Really appreciate your time. And and it's a lovely memory that your mum has relayed to you, <laughs> and it's great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye for now.
Daniel, another really fascinating conversation with a wonderful guest. Absolutely. I mean, I, and, you know, the more you talk to people, the more you realize, um, you know, how she's... Uh, uh, what mark the uh, the Queen has left uh, with so many people in so many different ways. I mean, just just look at this example. You know, um, silver spoons and and coins being handed out to babies. I mean, this is uh, it sounds really cute, but it uh, it's uh, it, it, this is obviously something that uh, Professor Mark uh, Professor Frank has yeah. uh, has uh, has held on to all these years. Yeah, um, you were talking about the establishment of the Commonwealth, and then uh, Professor Frank mentioned it again that she was so passionate about the, the Commonwealth, about how it was important to her, and how it was there to be, to Im- improve the education, improve the oh. development of its member states through education. Yeah, education, uh, like I said, uh, even uh, military collaboration, um, uh, transfer of technologies, um, uh, ideas, uh, sharing of knowledge. Uh, So sports and games, you know, we've we've recently had Commonwealth Games as well. Uh, So, you know, Commonwealth has has really grown during a reign and and has become... um, I guess an important part of uh, uh, of the lives of uh, millions of people around the world. Uh, yeah, and and I would agree with you. So what we like to do now, and we're very fortunate to be able to have our next guest with us, who is no stranger to the Voice of Islam or even our community as well, and he has got some wonderful stories, and <laughs> and it will be. I'm so looking forward to be able to talk to Sir Iftikhar Ahmed Iyaz and and he is the honorary councillor official for Davalu and um, he'll have a lot to say about that and you know he received almost 40 awards from different organisations of the world including the OBE which is the Officer of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire the KBE the Knight Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire from Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and we want to just grab some thoughts and feelings and we may even extend the conversation to the second part of the the hour as well but um so if the Kaliyas, thank you very much for joining us today oh well it's um an honor that you thought of me on this very rather uh, sad occasion mm. which we all share equally uh, with uh, billions of people around the world it's a, it's a very very sad occasion particularly to talk about a person who has definitely made a mark Mm. not only on this country or on this nation, but I believe on the planet and our humanity. Uh, I mentioned that you are the honorary consular official for Tavalu. Did did she, how many times did she visit Tavalu? Oh, well, I mean... um, she visited Tuvalu in 1982 yeah. with Prince Philip, and that was a very interesting uh, visit about which she's talked a couple of times, because according to the Tuvaluan uh, tradition, when such a high-ranking, high-level VIP arrives, mm. they don't let them 
sail from the ship to the shore. They carry them in a canoe on their shoulders from the ship and bring them to the shore. And this was the treat that was given to Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Mm, how uh, interesting. They've uh, not forgotten that. Uh, even when I met her last months ago now, yeah. uh, she still remembered that. And whenever I met Prince Philip with yeah. her, he would always talk about it. He was very fond of uh, the Pacific Islands. Yeah. During the Second World War, he was a naval officer, yeah. and he served in Caribous, and uh, he visited Tuvalu as well at that time, which was not Tuvalu. It used to be Gilbert and Alice Islands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned about her ability to have an effect on the whole of the planet. What do you think the current mood of the public is now? Well, I think, uh, you know, most of the public, of course, there is always an element uh, who have uh, different sort of thinking, different sort of minds. But uh, overall, you know, the Commonwealth has grown from five countries and she ascended the throne 56 day. And there are more than a billion people who were nationals of the Commonwealth. And over these years, he has developed such a dear bond, you know, with all those people. I mean, there are millions and millions who yeah. have ever seen her, and there are several countries not able to visit. Of course, he's been a regular traveler and visiting our Commonwealth countries. Mm. but. The impact has been people feel that they have lost a stalwart pillar of support yeah. and guidance and light. This is the feeling not only in this country, but uh, elsewhere around the Commonwealth and in other countries as well, which are not part of the Commonwealth. I mean, you know, um, the... Uh, president of the United States was saying he was uh, a, a yeah. source of stability for That's the right. entire world. Yeah. Um, Siftkar, would you be happy just to hold on? We're just going to go to the news now at uh, five yeah. o'clock, but we really want to carry on this conversation I'm, I'm with you. I'm here for you. Ah, thank you. I'll, I'll be holding. Okay. Ah, thank, thank you very you. much. It's a very kind of you. So um, here's the five o'clock news and stay with us after that you're listening to the voice of islam radio broadcasting on dab and via the internet 24 hours a day Assalamu alaikum and may peace be upon you. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show and we are discussing today the death of Queen Elizabeth II and as my co-presenter Danielle has said, it's not a sad, it's a celebration of her massive achievements that we're doing. And if you know you find something that uh, you want to share with us, please do 
You can call us on 0208-687-7878 and obviously get in touch with us through our social media platforms. And on Instagram, we're asking you how you will remember our beloved Queen Elizabeth II, who has died. And so we'll share those on the platform uh, with you here today. So we were talking to... Sir Iftikhar Ahmed Ayaz, just before we went to the five o'clock news, and graciously and very kindly, he stayed with us to carry on our conversation. Sir Iftikhar Ayaz, thank you very much for joining us. It's my pleasure. So, you were talking a lot about your experiences with the Vailor, which is very fascinating, a wonderful story, and it's part of the Commonwealth. But we, during her reign, we saw many of the Commonwealth um, become independent over her reign. And she saw so much change uh, during that time. How do you think that kind of affected her in a way? I think, you know, it's amazing how she adapted those uh, swift developments in world politics you know from the early 60s uh, all the colonial countries most of them they sought independence which was granted them particularly in Africa had uh, a large number of countries becoming independent in the very early stages of her reign. And it's amazing, as I was saying, how she adapted to understanding the needs, the culture, the state of economy, the state of social uh, stability and social problems those countries had. And particularly immediately after independence, the problems they had in the management of their resources problems they had, management of their infrastructure, etc. She understood those very quickly and very clearly. And that is how she guided not only her government, but as head of the Commonwealth, she guided the Commonwealth to prepare and engage in such programs which will help all these countries at their threshold of development Mm carry on, you know, to a life which will bring their people in line with the rest of the developed world. So this was a great challenge to her. And of course, uh, the Commonwealth has gradually been developing from just around five countries, you know, before the independence of India to the present number of countries, which is now 56. And the people who have it these uh, countries is over a billion, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a huge number. And unfortunately, I would say, most of these countries are underdeveloped. And some of these countries are in the category of LDCs, that is, least developed countries, like Tuvalu and several others. So it's a difficult time, but she's the one who's been holding the Commonwealth together. Yeah. So and the, despite, you know, the financial constraints 
which the Commonwealth has been facing on account of the world economic difficulties and recessions. The Commonwealth is still holding together, and this was, I think, very largely to the credit of the Queen herself, because she was such a loving, endearing, Mm -hmm. and such a sympathetic and uh, uh, wise leader of the Commonwealth, uh, which tried to steer the Commonwealth through all its difficult times and days. Professor, uh, um, sorry, uh, sorry, Iftikhar, given her stature, how significant do you think her demise is and how big a void do you think she has left? Well, you see, she was a unique person in many ways. And that is how she survived for 70 years mm. through a turmoil world. You know, her reign has been through the jet age, it has been through the space age, mm. and now it was going through the digital age. Mm. So there have been such swift revolutions and changes in the world. The world she took over in 1952 has completely changed. And her ability, you know, to change with the world and to change with the circumstances as they changed and be capable of advising and guiding and steering her nation and the Commonwealth through all those turbulent periods is a remarkable achievement, you know. And I think definitely the Commonwealth, her own nation and the world will miss that. Absolutely. It will be very difficult for her heir to be uh, to be able to hmm. replicate or to be able to follow her footprints, you know, in trying to uh, lead uh, their own nation and the Commonwealth itself. It's a great challenge or uh, uh, the uh, new king and uh, for the Commonwealth as well. I mean, there are already people who, who doubt uh, whether the Commonwealth will survive without the Queen. Mm-hmm. But surely all these institutions are there to survive, uh, but they will definitely have uh, uh, new, fresh, very tough challenges to cope with in order to continue to provide the services as were provided during her reign. You had the opportunity to meet uh, Her Majesty on on a number of occasions. Yes. What was your personal impression of her, and how will you remember her? Well, you know, um, in 1952, I was um, still in secondary school <laughs> when we suddenly heard that uh, she was on uh, a treetop a holiday resort, Kenya, when uh, the news of the death of her father was broken to her and she had to go back um, to take over um, uh, the reign. Um, and you know, that was the year I was uh, a very active Boy Scout and I had passed several set tests, etc., you know to attain the Queen's Badge, which was the highest uh, uh, sort of ranking badge 
uh, given to Boy Scouts. And so my first experience was to receive a certificate signed by her. That was in the beginning of 1953. And uh, then I was in Pakistan for higher studies, and that certificate was with me by the Governor General of Punjab. But that was my first encounter and experience of uh, uh, knowing her. I didn't know very much about the Queen, but that was my first experience. And then, of course, um, in 1977, when I came to Tanzania and uh, I founded the Tanzania Commonwealth Society, and when I went back to UK in 1979, I was given a very special opportunity to meet her with the Scouts leader in London. Uh, that was my second meeting with her. And then when I was able to serve the Commonwealth Secretariat as their field expert in the Pacific, I had the opportunity of meeting her uh, on uh, a Commonwealth uh, annual function. Mm -hmm. And I was especially introduced to her with certain uh, commendations. Um, and I was, I was very, very, very happy. Yeah. And then a great opportunity that I had was in 1987, the Governor General of Tuvalu, Sir Tomasi uh, Puapua, was in London. And uh, the Queen was then in, in uh, Windsor. And uh, he uh, had asked for uh, an audience, a meeting with her. And she invited him to Windsor Castle. And... I accompanied him as uh, the consul of Tuvalu, and we were offered stay in Windsor for a night. Wow. And I was absolutely surprised how simple hmm. the living standards and the amenities were in that place. Hmm. And this was a great experience for me. And then later on, uh, I met her quite uh, a few times. I had two investitors in 19... Um, 98, she invested me with an OBE, and then in 2015, she invested me with a KBE, mm. and in between, on the 60th uh, anniversary of her reign in 2012, mm. there was a special uh, banquet uh, in which uh, I was invited, and I had a special uh, fortune to, to meet her again, and her family as well. So what I'm saying is, what, what I have found her, when you talk to her, when you meet her, yep. you do not even imagine or think that you are facing a monarch mm -hmm. of such a high status and high ranking uh, country and power in the world, or the head of the Commonwealth. She's so simple, she's so simple in her talk to you, mm -hmm. and she's uh, just down to earth person you know mm -hmm. so I think uh, I have never thought of her uh, in any terms of uh, a, a person who cannot connect mm -hmm. with any of the people of the world yeah he has the capability of uh, you know coming low down talk to a child and then rising you know to discuss issues with the uh, high-ranking yeah. scholars and politicians I mean what you describe there, Seftakar, has been 
said and it's been on all of the airways when people are phoning into other radio stations and talking about their personal experiences they all said that when the queen spoke to them they felt that they were the only person in her world at that moment and didn't matter who was anywhere else she stood there she listened she engaged and made people feel so special so it it, it resonates similar to yourself as well well actually you see i think her uh magic wand was her smile yeah <laughs> that's exactly right yeah yeah you know uh, she she i mean would give a smile to everyone i believe she she met yeah and it was so reassuring you know in uh, feelings of personal touch and uh, relationship that it it lasts forever mm. i mean i can't forget uh, the meetings i had with her or the conversations i had with her uh, i i can't forget you know that uh, smiling face yeah. mm, and uh, the gestures and the reassuring uh, stance you know she she took when when talking to me and i'm sure it is the same when she talks to others as well yeah, yeah. And, and what is really commendable sarif tahar about all of that is that you know she was able to to do this despite all the changes despite all the stresses of i'm sure of of the job the role uh, you know the weight of um, of the role and yet you know she was able to bring this this constant smile and this constant regal presence um and um and and this constant um this this constant constant that we had over the last 75 years that's absolutely true you see i mean she was a human being and we cannot rule out that she never had uh, causes uh, to be worried about mm. be concerned about things whether personal or national or international so such moments must have mm. gone through her life and mind but she never let such feelings come to her face mm. under all such circumstances yep. she was a smiling face that's right she was always very considerate in her talk she expressed uh, the feelings the sympathies mm. that were required in that particular conversation yeah. or particular meeting and that was the beauty of her mm. i've seen her you know meeting our governor generals visiting from tuvalu mm. and i noticed you know when she was with them i talk was so simple and was so reassuring yeah. to them that they should not be worried about the climate change or the rising waters because she gave them such assurance yeah. that things will be sorted out and will be good for their future and for their nations and that's the sort of reassurance which those leaders could not get anywhere else in the world fantastic that is absolutely brilliant we really appreciate safety card avadias for you sharing your personal experiences and sharing some lovely anecdotes of her arrival first time in tuvalu i think will resonate with many people so really appreciate your our conversation we've had with you it's been very inspiring and and we've just want just to say thank you very much for your time today i too thank you very much for having me on your program and wish you good luck bye
Yeah, you're most welcome. Thank you very much. So, Danielle, that was Sir Eftekard Amadiaz, who he is uh, the honorary councillor official for Tobalo mm-hmm. and many other awards from OBE to KBE mm-hmm. and to MBE. So, very fascinating. So, we want to talk to Evelyn Lee as well, who is a former CBS news producer and a poet as well, who's also living in London. So just before we speak to Evelyn, I just wanted to play some more messages that have come in from our listeners around the world. And so we can just get into the mood of things as well. To Allah we belong and to him we shall return. I feel extremely saddened by the passing of our beloved Queen, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. For most of us, she was all we knew. Her presence was the presence of the royal family. She took an oath on her coronation saying that she will serve her people throughout her life, be it short or long. We have all witnessed how she stayed true to this oath till her very last breath. In the words of His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, um, he wrote this in a letter to uh, Her Majesty the Queen on her Platinum Jubilee. And he said, May God Almighty also guide the progeny of Her Majesty to become established on the truth and to guiding others towards it. May the attributes of justice and freedom continue to remain the guiding principles of the British monarchy. Amen. I am deeply saddened by the death of Her Majesty the Queen. Seeing the Queen is one of the most vivid memory of my life. She was wearing yellow, looking sophisticated, yet delightful. She was royal and still got the common touch. We are certainly going to miss her and I'm going to remember her in good words. She was respected and loved by her country. But unfortunately on social media, I'm also seeing some negative comments. I'm, I just want to say to all those people that We should not judge an individual, certainly not on the basis of what her ancestors might have done in the past. It's time that we should show some empathy towards each other. And on that though, which is quite point to our next guest with who control much of the media and and are very much heavily involved with social media online as well. And that resonates with me as well, Evelyn, and um, I don't know how, to, how you feel about the negative comments that, that are going about. So, first of all, thank you very much for spending oh, some time welcome. with us today. And <laughs> I will give you your proper introduction as a former CBS news producer and a poet <laughs> currently living in London. So there is a there is a, uh, a form of a poem that's going round. I'll find it. Someone sent it to me. Oh, wonderful. And... Um, it's a really nice poem. I have heard it already on other radio stations as mm-hmm. well, but I don't know if that if you if you read it or not. But anyway, so look, let me just ask you our first questions, and I've got myself got some questions, and so Danielle got sure. some lots of questions with you as well. I mean, is it true when you say that the Queen was the rock on which modern Britain was built? I mean, that's exactly what our new Prime Minister said in her address, wasn't it yesterday? Yeah, so it's been very interesting. So I'm a warden at the church, St. Mary's Battersea, Mm. and so I'm at church now, and we've been here all day. And I would say that, uh, yes, people have been coming in and sharing their tears. You know, people cried as if their mother had died, they said last night. 
Um, and yes, I think she's been a part of like a matriarch. She's been, you know, in the background taken for granted and beloved so deeply that people are just shocked. I've, I've heard people say they were genuinely shocked to find themselves this upset, whether they were a royalist or not. It's been wonderful, actually. Very moving. Yeah. So what do you think, Evelyn? Um, what sort of changes do you think um, monarchy will now need to grapple with? I, I think, finally enough, they're going to have to grapple with gender. I think it was incredibly uh, uh, amazing to have for 70 years a woman, a mom, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, also a queen. And I think, I think also I was thinking a lot about her love for nature, and I think that this this female love it it, it was a, a counterbalance to a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And I think, funnily enough, I think gender is going to come into it because now it looks like there'll be you know possibly three kings in a row. And so this this you know not being able to sing you know God save the queen or have yeah. this sense of the of, of you know it's interesting different. So Evelyn, if it, we can agree that she was indeed the rock on which modern Britain was built. How significant does her passing um, become as a result of that? So I, I'm, I ha- I'm feeling very hopeful because I mm. feel she planted so many seeds of community. And I feel that every volunteer around the country it, it, it must be just in tune with the love and the care that she gave for people, you know, people in hospice. I'm remembering Grenfell. Without the royal family, I don't know that the, there would have been the healing because the politics mm-hmm. couldn't handle mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this sense of love and community that she just embodied and, and, and celebrated. You know, so much of her work was not with heads of states. We're seeing all the footage of the heads of state. But her real work was, you know, making sure she understood how young people were thinking and what they needed. And she's been thinking about all that for so many years. It's very inspiring. So I feel like she's planted so many seeds. And just like you guys have been going out and planting trees, it's like, <laughs> now nah, it's going to happen. <laughs> awesome. All so this growth. Evelyn, uh, you were a, a former CBS News producer and, and you certainly yes. sound like an American. What yes. did the Queen mean to you? So for me, it's very funny. So I'm an immigrant, and um, and I can when I took my oath um, uh, as a citizen and I swore allegiance to the Queen, my okay. mother was in the audience clutching her heart <laughs> <laughs> in a state of shock. <laughs> and I was so happy it was the Queen because yeah. I just valued I value and my mother-in-law adores her. My mother-in-law is English, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I feel very strongly. I mean, when you talk about it's the Queen, many people also look at the history, don't they? Because when you look at the line, it goes all the way back to William the Conqueror in 1066. We've got that monarchy that's been going through all the ages and all the centuries till today, and it will carry on. And I think people resonate with that history because there's so much there and so rich history that we have as a nation, as a country, and as an empire that still many countries don't have. I mean, because if you imagine the Commonwealth where many people got their independence, their history kind of started at those moments that they will remember yes. themselves. Yes, yes. I, so it's funny, so that where I'm sitting now in Battersea, there's been worship here for a thousand years. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm looking out on the river that was here a thousand years ago, and you're just sitting there going, and the monarchy's been part of that, and it's yeah. extraordinary. It's very rich. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, 
like us as a, a news channel, we must have been preparing for this moment. And so many channels are, are doing it differently. They're giving us some beautiful history, some wonderful moments, and some times and allowing people to uh, share their thoughts and their cherished moments. I mean, do you have one yourself? I think for me, the, the moment that I cherish is when my mother-in-law talks about the Queen yeah. and about her going to the coronation and how much mm. it meant to her. And uh, she was working a late night shift. And I think the, I think for me, it's been hearing the stories because I never met the Queen and I just, but I can feel so much love. And it's a quiet day and I feel the weather is missing the Queen. I mean, the weather is throwing <laughs> down the rain. It's throwing up rainbows. And you just feel you're in a very special moment. Uh, it's extraordinary. It's really interesting. Yeah. As a news person, I, I find it really interesting because it's different. You can feel it. You know, uh, you're right. You can feel feel it a lot because she has spoken to so many people on so many different levels around yeah. the world. And uh, I love the way Sir Iftikhar Ahmadiyaz, our previous guest, referred to her dominance as over the planet. Mm. The planet yeah. seems a different word when you say global, but when you say planet, mm. planet kind of yeah. includes not only human race, but <laughs> includes the environment, the plants, mm. the yeah. animals. Yeah. The So it's a lovely way in which he described it. That's beautiful. And I mean, have you guys felt different today? Has it felt in your families and with children and everything? Uh, true to... Uh, you know, as a, as a reporter, the question will come from <laughs> from you. Yes, of course it is. I mean, I discussed this uh, quite extensively with my family and my wife. And although we'd never personally ever met her, but we knew everything about her. She's been oh. with us. I mean, I've only ever known um, Queen Elizabeth. And it's going to be really hard not to say queen, but to start saying mm. king. I, I don't know yeah. any other thing to say but uh, but yeah I mean I don't know about Danielle what has it been for you no exactly it's similar I mean I, I, I miss her to be honest mm. I mean yeah. I, I mean I, I you know I'll, I don't know how else to put it even though you know she wasn't somebody that she, she'd be sitting on my couch every day but you know just the fact that she's not there I mean there, there's it, something feels missing something feels um, feels awry <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense Right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're thank welcome. you for joining us. It was a really a oh, pleasure speaking to you. Have a lovely day. And oh, you. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. So that was um, Evelyn Lee, who is a former CBS News producer, talking to us. Um, I love the way she asked us a question. <laughs> it was <just> brilliant. <laughs> you, know, you just can't get that out of the system. She's a former producer, you know. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, Daniel, what, what, we've got uh, another guest we want to speak to again, yeah. uh, Councillor Claire Gilbert. But what, what I really want to do is just play a couple of more of the messages. Just absolutely, they're really pouring is, in. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, uh, absolutely, it's, and it's uh, such, such heartfelt as well. Yeah. And then we read out. Uh, a couple of the messages as well. Uh, I feel a great deal of sadness at the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, she was such a large part on, and staple of British culture. Uh, and aside from being the longest reigning British monarch who lived through countless historical moments, um, she was a wife, a mother, a sister, a grandmother and a great grandmother as well. Um, and I think the image that, that really sticks with me when looking back at the news coverage is 
Prince William driving Prince Andrew and Prince Edward, his aunt and uncles, um, to Balmoral Castle. Um, and it just shows that her example of duty, responsibility and, and grace that she showed in times of hardship has passed down to the future generations. Um, and I think her presence will, will greatly be missed um, by all. Most of us have only ever known one monarch. Queen Elizabeth lived a life devoted to the pledge she made 70 years ago. As the longest reigning monarch this country has known, we will remember her outstanding reign and her worldwide contribution for this country. Indeed, it is a great loss and our heartfelt prayers are with His Majesty King Charles III and his family. Well, there again, Danielle, so many messages Mm. coming in all the time from people just going feeling their emotions so uh, like i said to you just before we played some of those messages that that came in we had claire gilbert who is a counselor uh, from wandsworth borough uh, to come in and join us claire welcome to the drive time show hello it's lovely to talk to you today thank you so much yeah claire's uh, fantastic so claire we may have met actually one another on on tech i don't know if you're on part of the uh the tech team down that happens in London. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I do because your good. name just come up and I remember it because uh, you're also the chair of the environment committee. I was part of the the transport side of things. So, these are the sort of things that we we're able to do. And also, I, I didn't give you a full title. So, you are the chair of environment committee on Wandsworth Borough Council, and you're the chair of the Safer Neighbourhood Board, and a lawyer and a magistrate and a trustee of four charities. So, wow. you are uh, a, a. How do you manage it so much? There you go. Right. <laughs> So, so Claire, Claire how, how are you feeling today? I'm, I'm very moved. Hmm. Um, I think um, I've really enjoyed your show and hearing everybody's views. And I think, I think we all hope this would never happen. Hoped against hope, really, because you know, so many people have said she's the only queen we've known in our lifetime. I think, um, hmm. I think a lot about her generation is very moving as well you know, the service that people in in that generation made for this country and for peace across the world. Um, you know, the fact that she was a sovereign who served in our armed forces when called upon to do so right. in in the war mm. and and was was like everybody else in that way, doing what she could with what she could at that time. Uh, and you know, she, I think she, I would love to have met her. She must mm. have had an enormous breadth of knowledge about this country and also her Commonwealth because of the number of people she spoke to in, you know, the voluntary sector, people who've, who like her, done what they could to serve, um, be that as, you know, volunteers in the many charities that she would be the figurehead for. Um, or be be a, be a patron of, or be involved with. So I'm I'm really sad and very moved by the spirituality of of today as well, because she mm. she was clearly a very spiritual person, and we're all mm. we're all thinking in that way, aren't we? I think today. Absolutely. So uh, there is absolutely you're right. There's so much to talk about. So much we have talked about today as well. What do you think is going to be her lasting legacy? Well, I think she she represented an enormous 
stability for the mm. country mm. Um, through lots of turbulent times that um, you know you, you could look to her and she was very steady and very um, I guess uh, constant the word that keeps coming up I, I, I like the fact that she seemed to take advice very carefully and be very um, very apt in her timing as to when she would choose to do things and I I think a lot about what she did in relation to where I come from which is Ireland which is you know the, the relationship with the crown um, mm. it's no secret has been um, difficult and mm. yet when she came to Dublin Castle um, and I'm from the north of Ireland um, but when she came to Dublin Castle in 2011, that was a momentous visit. Um, the fact that she'd come, mm. but also she blew everybody's socks off when yeah. she spoke in Irish. <laughs> and and she made mm. sure that when she spoke in Irish, at the beginning of that speech, she got the pronunciation correct. And you know, that was that was a real sign that she had measured the occasion and... Mm she wanted to reach out and i think i i think that that to me i'll never forget that moment a lot of people in ireland it it bridged something and uh, uh. um, people were watching and wondering how would they feel about this and where where was this going to to be what they hoped it would and it was more than they hoped it was um and i think you've you've heard from people on your show today haven't you who've said that yep. w if they were lucky enough to meet her, it meant more than they even thought it might. Um, so I, I think that there's, there are very big shoes to fill, but mm. I think we all wish King Charles very well in, in, in filling that role because it is so important to us all. So this has been a period of huge change and, um, and one of uh, Queen's legacy, of course, is that she's been able to uh, to change with the with the age, do you think she's she successfully managed to modernize the monarchy, or uh, do you think there's still more work to be done there? Well, I guess she's she's a, a, a TV queen in a way that you know even the coronation had never been televised yeah. before. Um, she she has handed over part. She had handed over parts of the role to the younger generation that, that King Charles became the head of the Commonwealth, didn't he, um, more recently. And, you know, I think I think the way that she reached out to people being quite, quite present, quite um, physically present, and one of the last visits she did was to a, a care home in the summer, wasn't it? And you could see her being very physically sort of proximate to people and, um, you know, really, really talking to them and, I think I think there's maybe a limit to how modern she should have ever gone, and I think she got that just right um, because it, it she she needed to be steady and remind us of the past. I think sometimes being reminded of the past helps you be anchored in a way, whereas there is so much modernity and so much change and everything else around us. Um, so I think she pitched it just right. Yeah, her impeccable sense of balance. I mean, that is yeah. is is just amazing. Um, yeah. So as the longest, the longest serving monarch, um, how do you think she shaped the direction of uh, British society um, in the future? 
Well, that, that's, a, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, she's, you've seen change in, in the extent of the Commonwealth, haven't, haven't we? We've, we've, seen, we've seen some nations wanting to, to change their relationship. Um, but then again, there have been lots of world leaders today talking about how much they, they think that their nation values the continuation of the relationship with, with the monarchy. Um, and I think this, this, this passing now of, of our Queen after 70 years is going to give us a, a pause for, for thought about what, what, what is our relationship. You know, in, in, my, in my job, um, working in, in the council and working in the law, hmm. we do a lot in the name of the Queen. Yeah. And of course, that's yeah. also the same across the Commonwealth. Right. Um, you know, here in the UK, we prosecute in the name of the Queen. Yeah. And I heard um, one of your callers earlier talk about the citizenship ceremonies that we have <laughs> when we welcome citizens into the UK. Sure. And they swear allegiance to the Queen and our that's judges true. swear allegiance to the Queen. Yeah. And, you know, these symbolic things are... Um, they're actually very moving when you see them in practice. I, I've been to a few citizenship ceremonies, and they've, you know, they've been very, um, very somber, very celebratory. But also, you really think about what what British history means, yep. um, and how wonderful it is to welcome new citizens all the time. Hmm. I mean, that's awesome, Claire. I you know I really appreciate you spending some time with us today because one of the things that I, you know, you touched on it, and I think it is a very, very important aspect, uh, uh, you know, about the Queen laying the reef, you know, on. Um, on, on the platform that signified, you know, the end of, of the war because, you know, th- obviously the army of the Sinn Féin obviously murdered her cousin, Lord Batten, but she was still able to rise above that. And that was the thing that is so powerful with her visit to the Republic of Ireland. That's right. And I, and That's I, absolutely right. And, yeah, and it, that hasn't really... Um, it's really interesting that you mention that because you're the first person I've heard mention that since her passing yesterday. And, you know, those things were so raw, of yeah, course, of in course, the yeah. late 70s, early 80s. That's the period I lived through in, in Northern Ireland. Mm. Um, and yet, bridges must be built at some point. Otherwise... You know, there is arguably a, a missed opportunity to to heal and bring peace. Um, and you know, I'm very moved to be invited to speak today by one of the leaders in our Ahmadiyya community here in Wandsworth. Yeah. And you know, there's so much talk of peace and of bridge building and of reaching out and and but also practice of that. Um, and I do think that's what our Queen represented in in reaching out and and seeking to find commonality where where she could yeah and and i would you know concur with everything you said and you know it's it's something that we here today myself hanif and daniela are trying to mention all of the amazing things that she did during her reign which are the most difficult moments in her life and and this visit to the republic of ireland was actually one of them and it's and it's great that you appreciate the kind of messages that we're, we're trying to give out today. Um, so on that note, um, Councillor Claire Gilbert, thank you very much for your time 
to join Thank you so myself. much. No, you, you're most all good. And, you know, a bridge has been built now, so we'll have you on <laughs> on the next show when we, when we talk about anything related to the environment, safer neighbourhoods, etc. So you're on our list now, Claire, so don't go too far. Thank you very much uh, for your time uh, today. So, Danielle, so, you know, we've been trying to talk about her legacy, haven't we? Mm. And we've been talking about there was this amazing address that she did at the U.S. Congress. And that was then she got people to stand up and and praise her and and clap because she kept them engaged and she made them laugh so much. Absolutely. So that happened in 1991. And that year, she became the first British monarch yeah. to address a joint session of the United States Congress. And um, as noted by the New York Times, her speech was a huge success from a joke about her height to the three standing ovations she received. She uh, was able to charm all the American politicians. Yeah, I know. I mean, look, we're, we're coming there to the end of these two hours, uh, Danielle. It's been... It's been like a roller coaster. It We've still been, got yes. so much. So uh, I just wanted to share a couple of more of the clips that sure. we've got uh, coming in now. And uh, so listen to our audience, listen to some of these amazing sound clips that our, our technical team have, have given us. Assalamu alaikum. The death of Queen Elizabeth truly shocked everyone around the world. She really was a one of a kind ruler. Even before she became queen, she led so many organizations and was a part of so many movements which has changed the world that we live in today. She is a one-of-a-kind ruler as she had a career, she had a job, she helped out so much during the war and has brought about so many changes, not just in the UK but across the whole world, which has changed how we live our lives. She's an inspiration for loads of women especially and as inspiring many people to go into more leadership roles and to believe in what they feel is right. Assalamu alaikum. Yesterday we were all shocked and saddened as we heard the news that Queen Elizabeth had passed away. Uh, the Queen was really important for the people of Britain and for all Ahmadi Muslims around the world. This is because she gave us freedom of speech and the freedom to believe what we want to believe in this country. This country gave us, allowed us to um, to believe what we want and to do what we want uh, and to do our jalsas, hold everything, all of our events, all istamas and sports day because of the Queen and um, what she blessed us to do. This she, she will be missed because she was a great role model for all of us. Her Majesty's passing is a time of shared sorrow for people around the world. She was a wonderful example for many young women who dream of leading with dignity and service. May she rest in peace and continue to be a beacon of inspiration for generations. It was really sad the Queen passed away. More, I was more like sadder, more upset than I thought I would be. Um, only because I think we're just so used to her being there and always being so steadfast and just her losses affected me more than I did think. Welcome back uh, to after those um, very short clips that people are sending in. And it really is, Danielle, resonating with people, uh, especially in the UK uh, and around the world as well. So on our our Instagram, we are asking questions about 
How Will You Remember Her? And I'll read out a, a couple um, just as uh, we, we get our last guest who's going to be joining us. Um, so, Amadul Khan says her smile. I mean, that's been mentioned Absolutely. a few times, yeah. right? Um, and also, the longest reigning monarch, iconic, especially for a queen, right? <laughs> that's that's very really nice. And then Sana now says, incredible queen. Mm. And then we've had Amun MNS and she says she's been the only queen we've known pure elegance and kindness and that there for most of us um, who are a certain age mm. probably no no other monarch mm. and no only to say queen so now we're going to have to say king probably for the next three uh, kings we're going to have right we do yeah, not have a, a queen that, that's mm. in line so mm. a couple of more so um FA1ZAA says, strong and a sensible lady. Um, Ainad says, a queen with a strong sense of duty, compassion and a delightful sense of humour. Rest in peace. Um, And then last two, we've had one that says, uh, fulfilled her duty to her country with true dedication. If only our country's leaders were like her. That's quite poignant, obviously. Absolutely. And last one is a strong and steadfast woman. I mean, she showed the world that it is important to believe in God. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there you go. Somebody else mentioned spirituality before this as well. So, yeah. So also the charity work she did was amazing. Correct. Absolutely. Very big shoes to fill, 100%. Shall we go to our last guest, um, uh, uh, who is um, Nabila Shah? Hi, Nabila. Uh, welcome to the Drive Time Show. Asankam. Thank you for having me. Walaikum assalam. Peace be with you. So, Nabila, you, you've met the Queen. Um, mm. Tell us, how did that come about? Well, it was um, really a curveball. What I, actually happened was I um, entered our local Ahmadi Muslim Women's Association commun- um, um, into an awards um, uh, ceremony thing um, for community work. And I entered us and uh, we became one of the runners up. And so we went to an award ceremony and I thought no more about it. And about six months down the line, I got an invitation as a representative of that um, Ahmadi Women's um, Community Association Mm -hmm. for the charity work that we had been doing, you know, visiting old people's homes Mm. and raising money. And in recognition for that, um, I got an invitation to Buckingham Palace to meet the Queen. Wow, okay, lucky you. <laughs> what struck you most about her? Wow, I, well, first of all, the, um, the, I think people must have mentioned it. It's the fact that she's really small. So she's really, <laughs> she was really short. And what really struck me is that there's this, the room, Buckingham Palace, is really grand. And then this mm. little person <laughs> in, in the center of it all. But what really struck me when I met her was the intelligence in her eyes, you know. Those eyes were like shining um, beacons. And they, it was really, uh, it was like she wasn't just uh, being propped up. She was alert. She was, and she stood and she shook the hands. There was about 200 people. And she, when I met her, it was what, she, about three years ago, it was, she was 93 she was 93 and she shook the hands of about 200 odd people and wow. she didn't waver. It was wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, her sense of duty, ab- absolutely. You know the things about that. Absolutely, I think that was yeah. just uh, impeccable. What impressions did she leave on you? Well, 
I must say, before I met the Queen, I'd always been rather sceptical about the idea of a monarchy mm. and that why, you know, the money it costs and mm. all that. I, I used to be a sort of, you know, edging towards republicanism because the money I always thought could have been better spent on the country and um, on the, you know, people and people who need it most. And then I met her and I realized that there is there is the theory of republicanism and mm. actually there's the actual practicality of what a monarch, yeah. monarch brings yeah. and what she had managed to do just on that charity event that i went to is she had brought loads of people from some people have come from ireland some people have come from scotland liverpool mm. all over the country had come together to talk about the charity work that they were doing and i was thinking well there must that you know it's what the monarch does with their role that you know gives it the value for the country that the country then can get behind and and i'm thinking well we've wasted money in lots of other areas let's be frank yes money has gone down the drain here there and everywhere but there is something that pulls people um to um to our country yep. because of the monarchy so maybe it is worth it oh maybe yeah i mean worth it. <laughs> exactly right she she is definitely worth it and you know everyone has their own opinion and they can have their own opinion but you know if i was if it was me i would have the monarchy and i am very proud of the work that the monarchy do, especially our Queen Elizabeth II. Well, listen, really appreciate your time today. It's wonderful to listen to your personal anecdotes and your experience of learning how short the Queen was. And, uh, <laughs> but how? But but although she may be short, but she punched huge, huge way above her she weight. Did. And uh, and was all over the world. So thank you very much, Nabila, for your time today and sharing your experiences. Okay. Thank, no you. thank you. Thank you. Uh, Walaikum Aslam. May peace be upon you. So, um, Danielle, we've got I've got to play three more, and then right. I've got the poem which we mentioned oh, earlier. Um, Lovely timing. And then, and after the poem, then it'll be nice to just get some of your reflections uh, sure. after that, uh, um, and then uh, I'll do a bit, and and we'll see how we we go from there. So, mm. um, I did mention the poem, which is going around, and um, it was kind of inspired by our guest from LBC, who mentioned her, um, you know, her being a patient, uh, a, a poet, uh, Evelyn Lee. So I thought, uh, why not? Um, find that poem and it's been sent to me here so i thought i'd read it and look i'd apologize because i do not know how to read poetry very well and and <laughs> i apologize straight away so but the well, poem is this you, yeah. you volunteered for it <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here, here it is. i'll do my best and forgive me right away so it says this philip came to me today and i said it was time to go i looked at him and smiled as i whispered that i know I then turned and looked behind me and seen I was asleep. All my family were around me and I could hear them weep. I gently touched each shoulder with Philip by my side. Then I turned away and walked with my angel guide. Philip held my hand as he led the way to the world where kings and queens are monarchs every day. I was given a crown to wear or a halo known by some. The difference is up here, they are worn by everyone, 
I felt a sense of peace. My reign had seen its end. Seventy years I had served my country as the people's friend. Thank you for the years, for all your time and love. Now I am one of two again in our palace up above. Well so done. that's the poem that's going around and it, it resonates with mm. so, so many people. It does indeed. So I'm just going to play these other thoughts that have come through. Sure. And then we're getting really close to the end of the two hours. Mm-hmm. The passing of the Queen came as a shock to me because we are never really prepared to lose somebody we love and we've seen grow up all our life. Um, we've seen her grow up, our parents saw her grow up. Um, 70 years um, she reigned and what an amazing job she did. Um, she was committed, dedicated and remained loyal to her work till her last day. I will miss seeing her on TV, her lovely colours, her coats, <laughs> her hats, her matching um, and the handbags. Um, she was an amazing woman who also took pride in her family affairs and was a lovely, loyal wife. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, has rightly said, um, love for our country is part of our faith and therefore we can rightly say now, long live the king. Assalamu alaikum. Yesterday marked a very sad day for not just Britain, but the whole world when Her Majesty the Queen Elizabeth passed away. I am deeply saddened about her demise and wish the royal family patience to overcome this great loss. The Queen was a remarkable personality and one who not just I, but my parents and grandparents grew up with knowing. May her soul rest in peace. Amen. The news about the Queen was still shocking, although it was not unexpected due to her age. Um, it was still um, a very historical moment for us all and uh, I felt a loss, uh, a big loss. I love those. Mm. They were fashion style, a big <laughs> loss. And look, we're coming right to the end now. Danielle, you know, we haven't been able to do it justice, but you yeah. know, what are your kind of closing thoughts on this? I, I think the two or three things that stand out for me uh, are the Queen, are her impeccable reputation. Yeah. You know, 70 years is, is a long time to maintain uh, a reputation and you know, absolutely spotless there. Her sense of duty and then her ability to bring people together. Fantastic. So it just leaves me just enough time to say some lovely words from Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, who is the current head of the worldwide Ahmadiyya Muslim community, that he wrote in his message on the occasion of the Queen Elizabeth's Diamond Jubilee in 2012. He said, May God the Almighty also guide the progeny of Her Majesty to become established on truth and to guiding others towards it. May the attributes of justice and freedom continue to remain the guiding principles of the British monarchy. And that was a letter by the head of the Ahmadi Muslim community to Her Majesty Queen Queen Elizabeth II. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been an amazing journey. The last two hours have just shot past, and I would just end by saying, you know, I do recognise the support she did for racial justice, which mm. is we haven't even touched on. But anyway, at, at the end, I just want to say thank you to the producers of Basma Ikram, 
Thank you.